Central. This is Tech Radio. All things computers, gadgets and web happening right now in Ireland. Hear us anytime on iTunes or download from techcentral.ie. Central. How you doing? This is Dusty Rhodes and welcome to Tech Radio with all the latest in tech from around Ireland and across the world. Many, many ways of getting our show. You can download directly from our website at techcentral.ie. Use a smartphone podcast app, iTunes, or you can turn us on every Friday on DAB Digital Radio with RTE Radio 1 Extra. Okay, here's our uh, programme for Easter. Joining me, uh, we've got two interviews uh, lined up for you. Actually, we're going to be talking about the Internet of Things and advertising. Wow. Advertising to fridges. Will that be one of the things that come up in conversation with uh, Aoife Hudson from Kinetic and also if you're a tech startup a very very interesting uh, opportunity where you can put yourself in front of some uber billionaires that's all to come later but first Niall Niall Kitson is with us uh, as always a happy Easter to you Niall Happy Easter, Dusty. So we have uh, some plans for later on in the year, which we're going to kind of reveal. We're just going to reveal the idea, unhatch the egg, as it were. Yeah, well, here's the here's the basic idea, because we cover people every week and they're in very sort of specialized areas. And sometimes you get the feeling that, you know, God, I could I could talk to this person for at least, you know, twice the amount of time and still only scratch the surface of what they're about. So we're working on something and it's going to be slightly different to what we do already, but we think our readers will be into it. Our listeners will be in, really into it. All right. It's kind of more, uh, it, 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 uh, how would you call it? It's like a DVD extra for the podcast. <laughs> I Let's let's not go too far. Let's not give too much away. I know exactly why you're going, don't give too much away, because we have this brilliant idea and we've said, yeah, it'd be awesome if we did this. And then we realized how much work it would take <laughs> yeah that, that 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 is a component in it i won't lie <laughs> so that's uh yeah so anyway listen we have plans so do keep with us uh, over the coming weeks and we'll give you more details on that anyway as i say it's our easter show so we've two interviews lined up for you uh, let's get on with the first of them uh hudson from kinetic now it's all very well talking about the potential of the internet of things in managing our households or even the cities and towns we live in uh, but of course there are plenty of other applications that we'd like to talk about and the advertising sector in particular is one that's having a look at how new technology can change the ways um, that brands interact with you and I think a lot of them are quite surprising so to talk about that I'm joined by Aoife Hudson who's the Strategic Business Director with Kinetic Active um, now, Aoife, what are the things that sort of forms the cornerstone of how uh, advertising agencies and advertising technology looks at things is the idea of moving from what they call a one-to-many to a one-to-one model of dealing with consumers. So uh, explain a little bit about that, please. Okay, so obviously outdoor advertising or what we know as out-of-home advertising was always um, very much an awareness medium. It was big billboards, they were all over Dublin and the rest of Ireland and it was targeting the population as a whole pretty much. Um, As we've moved forward from that, brands want to and need to, I suppose, they need to get more personal and more contextual for their their audience. I suppose today people are so are bombarded with so much advertising that we need to get more relevant and we need to get more down to what the consumer wants to see and that's where this idea comes in of being a lot more targeted so we're moving from talking to everyone down to talking to the exact personalities who are interested in what we're trying to advertise. 
So when we're looking at the technologies that are actually making this happen, um, some of them I, I found when they're laid out in front of you, you think, oh, of course, that's, that's really obvious. But you don't think of it in terms of a, an Internet of Things strategy. Mm-hmm. So to look at, for example, the role of geofencing, yes. which is something that, you know, when we start to see things like video ads, you just assume that it's the same thing everywhere. But that's mm-hmm. not really the case. No, it's not the case at all. Um, geofencing is something that a lot of advertisers have started to use and it's one way that can definitely ensure you are reaching the right people but not only that reaching them in the right context so in the right environment and at the right times um, so what we would look to do is add on a geofencing layer to our outdoor campaigns and um, to really push that message home to the right people in the exact location that we're talking about so just to take an example of uh, what you're looking at in this way. Uh, what kind of clients are coming to you and saying, you know, okay, we're interested in Fox Rock, we're not so much interested in Tume. Is that the kind of thing we're seeing? We do see that um, sometimes, and we do have a little bit of an education piece. Sometimes clients do go towards Dublin and certain areas in Dublin. Um, yeah, so a bit of an education piece there sometimes. But examples of things we will be doing is more based on a... A location that's important to that client so for example if it's an fmcg brand we'll obviously plan their outdoor in proximity to multiples you know targeting housewives of kids and we'll do the same with their geofencing element um, if they're a drinks brand we'll look at you know socializing areas things like that it's all about getting more relevant i think the more relevant you get the deeper that connection is going to be with the consumer and that's what we're aiming for as a whole with the industry like i guess that that makes uh, advertising a lot more cost effective as well when, when you're able to say to people look you actually don't need to be hitting so much of a target demographic if your customer base is primarily going to be within five or ten kilometers of where you are well that is very true um, we can be a lot more specific and reduce wastage with mobile um, I suppose it does pose kind of a threat that we've come across in our industry. Sometimes advertisers and agencies will now say, do you know what, I'm just going to go with mobile and reduce my wastage. Um, but they're actually missing out on an awareness job there. So um, a lot of what I talked about today was how the two mediums come together to, I suppose, fulfill a job for a brand. They both have two different tasks. And when we use them together, it is successful. When we use them separately, one does one job and the other, you know, does a different one. So, and also looking at new technologies that are coming along, putting geo, geofencing uh, uh, to one side for the moment, we're seeing an awful lot of what they call beacons at the moment. So, yes. explain a bit about beacons and is it about sort of um, adding an extra layer of depth in connecting with people? Yes, it definitely is um, about adding an extra layer of sort of interactivity and engagement. Um, The easiest way I can explain about beacons is that they act in the same way um, a lighthouse does. So the same way a lighthouse emits light, a beacon will emit a signal and pick up mobile devices in that area that are relevant for that brand to talk to. Um, So you could do things like one of the examples today that came up in a presentation about um, a bike scheme in the UK you could use a beacon to actually figure out how many bikes were left at a bike station and as they disappear and people are taking them in the mornings you can update your advertising creative based on the information coming from that beacon so it's a really useful tool and it helps us be so much more relevant and contextual. It's not all roses, though. I mean, one of the things that we look at uh, in terms of advertising and and 
when you when we bring up the idea of beacons, I think a, a switch goes off with people's minds, and they immediately think of QR codes, um, which which I think it's fair to say hasn't worked in this country. No QR codes um, definitely came in. Everyone got a bit excited. This is great. We're going to be able to interact with posters, but no, it it did not work. Um, and it's because we were asking the consumer to do far too many things: download an additional app before you can enter this competition, so on. Um, so. They definitely didn't. We're looking at a lot of other technologies now that implement apps that are already downloaded. So the likes of Snapchat, um, the likes of implementing this sort of technology into brand apps. So you're not asking the consumer to go and download something that might sit on their phone for two weeks and then they'll delete it anyway. So it's just it's creating a much easier way to engage um, with outdoor advertising and making it just a lot more relevant. Yeah, I think the idea of leveraging apps that people have already is so important because uh, the stats come out every so often. You see the average person downloads 42 apps. The average app has a lifespan of three months on the App Store before people stop downloading it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're starting to see more campaigns leveraging existing apps in kind of interesting ways. I think, I think some films are really tapping into this right now because they really have to be such a um, short, sharp shock and they, yes. they need to rely on novelty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think... Um it's definitely a novel thing and you need to sort of be that brand that provides something relevant constantly to be an app that stays on someone's phone. Um, like we did a project, um, Kinetic brought out an app called iTagged a couple of years ago, um, a bit before my time now, but I think the thing was everybody downloaded it at the start and we're using this app, but it's one of those things, if it's, if it's an app specifically for a brand communication or an advertisement, you might download it, get involved, and then delete it again. Whereas if it's an app that's going to provide you with information and things that are relevant to you and things that you can use on a daily basis, it's much more likely that you're going to be an app that stays on that mobile phone, definitely. I think one of the things that people keep um, returning to is social and social wherever you find it mm-hmm. now. I'm, I'm over 15, so I don't get Snapchat. So <laughs> can you explain to me the ways that Snapchat have been used in um, a few campaigns? One of them quite recent, actually. Um, I, I think it was for the girl on the train. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, so the beauty about Snapchat, again, going back to the QR codes, you don't have to download anything additional. Um, the majority of people already have Snapchat on their phones, and it actually is a lot more than just the young audience that we automatically think. Um, so there is a wide range of people using it. So Kinetic in the US actually ran a campaign with Snapchat for Universal Pictures with the Girl on the Train movie um, for their release. So what they did was they cleverly planned the locations of the outdoor ads. They had them um, in the underground stations, you know, with a prompt to go and use your Snapchat app to um, activate the poster. So what you can do is, it's so simple, you literally open up the app in the camera mode, you scan the poster, the poster will pick up your snap code, which is basically the Snapchat logo, and it identifies where you want to push this consumer. So once the audience scanned that girl on the book, girl on the train poster um, they were directed to additional content so they could watch the trailer and so on and then they un- unlocked a filter as well which is like great thing to do this day apparently everyone is just so excited about geo filters on Snapchat and this does sort of make you look towards I guess what you have to call the traditional channels now of, of Facebook um, 
how are people embracing Facebook? Are they falling out of the loop? You know, is Facebook your dad's and your granddad's social network now? Or is there still a role for them? I think there's definitely still a role for Facebook. I think what we're going to find is each social media has a different job. So Instagram is very much your photos. Um, Facebook is, you know, randomly put your thoughts down there, what you're eating for dinner, whatever you want to put up. It's nearly everything now. Um, and Snapchat is very much sharing your day as you go on in a very quick and easy manner. So I think they all will survive. Um, Facebook has probably dropped off a, off a little bit since we had introduction of other social media platforms. But yeah, I think they play, all play a different role and they will, they will keep going like that and working sort of together. Um, and I guess I have to ask this thorny question because when you're talking about effective advertising you're basically talking about the effective use of consumer data. So how, how is this managed for you? What kind of concerns do you have to deal with? Because we, we do have the general data protection regulation coming in in May, which I'm sure is going to be a, a headache for certain parts of your industry, but not yeah. in the UK where they don't have to worry about that yeah. so much. So what kind of challenges do you see going forward with it? Um, I think there will be a lot of concern around what sort of information has obviously been taken from phones um, it's kind of at a starting point in this market um, anytime we have somebody in to present to us on the mobile data that they're able to carry we all kind of go oh god like that's a bit scary isn't it and um, and then we're kind of brought back to reality like the, the information that's taken for this purpose it doesn't say Aoife lives in X address, she works at Y, she's going to the shop to buy X, Y, Z. It's mobile ID 1345. Um, so everything is kept very autonomous and it's all in line with the regulations that are there for specific reasons. But I think it will cause people, you know, maybe to turn off their location services, which will cause issues for us. We won't be able to communicate that way. But um, I think the market needs to educate people in order to, you know, I suppose, stop them panicking about this and let them engage with the mobile advertising. It is, I suppose, for their benefits that we're only hitting them with things that are relevant for them. Um, But, yeah, I think a big education piece needs to be done. This is Tech Central, your weekly tech podcast from Ireland's techcentral.ie. Joining me now is Peter Madsen of White Castle in Monaco, the visionary behind the Vroom Summit, which is the kind of like a high-end dragon's den for tech startups on the Côte d'Azur. Peter, tell me firstly, what is the Vroom Summit? Well, nice to meet you, Dusty. Um, The Vroom Summit is the, we're on the fourth edition now. And it's the leading startup tech event here in the Côte d'Azur uh, for startups, where we get together uh, international investors, international companies and the local community. OK, so kind of pairing the tech industry, looking for funding with investors. Indeed, That's and the thing. entrepreneur spirit as well. OK, now it's an international project, OK, so it's not just based on the, the Côte d'Azur is kind of like the goal and everybody has that image of the yachts and the millionaires and all that kind of stuff. So it's brilliant, but it's running all across Europe. So in order to get to the Room Summit, to be able to make your pitch to the money men, so to speak, you need to get on the Room Caravan. Explain to me what the Room Caravan is. Absolutely. So we decamp here from Monaco and we get on the road and we go to eight countries this year uh, and they are Poland, Portugal, Spain, Netherlands, Switzerland, Turkey, Iceland, Slovenia and we've picked the best companies 
from these countries to actually then invite them to come to Monaco to the summit. In between time, we've reached out to the incubators, the accelerators and the venture capital community, inviting them also to come. So at each of the local events in each of the countries, how does it, how does it work? Because only one person from each city is able to actually come to Monaco. This is true. There is only one. Uh, so we have a local panel. We make that up of local investors, local entrepreneurs. And we have, of course, the White Castle uh, crowd going along. Uh, and then at the end of the day or the next day, we announce the winners based on would you put your money in it? All right. Okay. So, is, and that one person then is brought to Monaco for the room conference. It's correct itself, here, which, uh, and here they have a, a, a longer, uh, what would I say, a, a longer pitch in in terms of being able to explain their short term, mm-hmm. mid term, and how they're going to scale the business okay. in front of uh, an international audience. Well, that's a good point when it comes to to pitching because you can start with an elevator pitch and then you can get into a big detailed you know presentation more than anything else. So, why does it work with room when when you start off? Is your first pitch long? Sure. Uh, at the beginning, it's a short pitch, eight minutes. Um, and uh, unlike other events here at the summit, after they've been selected, it's a very in- intimate uh, environment. We only have 200 people and half of those are investors. The other half are entrepreneurs, stroke mm-hmm. tech execs. Mm-hmm. So it's a great uh, ambience for them, a good Q&A session for them as well to be able to answer questions by peers, uh, by investors. Mm-hmm. Uh, the following day uh, here in Monaco, after the event, we have the one-on-one where they go into the finance together. All right, I get into the nitty-gritty. As Absolutely, a, as, as a, it is. It's, I mean, it sounds like a great idea because by the, if they make it as far as Monaco, they really are the best of the best. Indeed, uh, it saves a lot of time for everybody. Um, tell me, what are the chances of if if people get to the finals of Monaco, the Room Summit, of actually getting investment? Then this is not the first time I've been asked that question. Obviously, um, and this does really depend on the appetite of the investor whereby they have a history of investing in that particular space. So we have a very diverse uh, bunch of companies coming along, not in one specific sector, but across many. Uh, The second thing is how they actually perform on the day. So we actually help to prepare and mentor these guys before they come. Uh, So their pitch is a little bit better, that little edge, uh, so that they do get that investment. Having said that, on the fourth edition, we've had the pleasure of uh, one unicorn already in a, in our events. Now, explain to me what a unicorn is, because I love the phrase. Absolutely. It's a well-known phrase in the tech world. A unicorn is a company where, from an evaluation perspective, it's gone over the billion dollars. So we were lucky enough to have a small company called MindMaze uh, when they were with us. Uh, and after coming to the events and through other investment sources, they became a unicorn valuation of $1.2 billion. And then are you talking very big numbers for other investments that are made? Are you talking over 100 million? We, we, we have a variety of different companies, everything from small investment of 100 couple K through to uh, tens of millions. Okay, so you're looking for big dreamers, really. Absolutely. Okay. Um, so then tell me about um, one or two of your favorite projects that you've come across, because you said this is the fourth uh, event that you're having. So what sticks in your head? It doesn't have to be the most expensive one or anything like that. But sure, you know. sure. I, I like a good story behind. Uh, the, the, the companies, someone with a passion. Uh, one of the companies coming this year is Gobuni. Gobuni is a very simple concept. Uh, the, the gentleman, uh, Mark, he has a passion for camper vans. Uh, when he was young, he was in a camper van or going on holiday, you know, jetting off uh, across all of Europe uh, in a camper van. So he set up a platform uh, for camper vans across Europe. There are two million in Europe. 
It's a, it's a lovely story. Uh, and, and what does he do with the camper vans? So it? it's an Airbnb. It's a platform where people can go online and they can rent a camper van uh, for a week, for a weekend, uh, and go across to Europe. That sounds amazing. That's a lovely story. Amazing, very nice. So he's uh, uh, hopefully going to get some funding. Well, he's pre- presenting later on. Fingers crossed. Um, so the the event is happening at the end of April in Monaco. So we're kind of wrapped up on that. Uh, you mentioned the countries where you've done the, the the caravan, but you've got another room event coming now later on in the year. Is there any chance that you're going to be coming to Ireland or to Dublin to look for tech startups there? Indeed, based on the success that we've had, uh, we've gone from one event a year now to two. Uh, so typically our event is at the end of the year in the low season. It makes it more affordable for companies to come over. Um, and we are looking at going to, to Ireland. We're already in co- talks with the IDA. Uh, we've got a, a good network of, of, of scouts out there uh, looking for that next startup. We actually also have the Lacey's Fund that will be presenting uh, at our event here in Monaco at the end of April. Uh, this is a company that's invested in uh, over 100 uh, Irish companies, and we hope to be able to scale them as well. All right. Well, listen. I think it's a, I think it's just brilliant. I, I think of Dragons Den, uh, the, the, the TV show, um, but it is that, and it's got the Not magic. That cutthroat. Yeah, I know, but it, it's got the magic of Monaco, and and knowing that you're going to be presenting in a room with the best of the best really kind of think ups your chances especially if you're you're a big dreamer so for anybody who is listening to us today and they are thinking you know they want to get their uh, tech startup onto onto bigger things you definitely have to check out the uh, the website which is vroomsummit.com that's v-r-o-o-m summit.com but for now Peter Madsen thank you very much for telling us all thanks very much Dusty and that's our Easter show for you, Peter Manson there from Vroom. And before that, we were talking to Aoife Hudson from Kinetic. Remember, Easter, no Easter, summer, 24 hours a day, all the ways around through the year. You can get all the latest Irish tech news with hourly updates, daily newsletters and more from techcentral.ie as well as our weekly tech radio show online. And every Friday at 6pm on DAB Digital Radio with RTE Radio 1 Extra. So next time, from myself, Dusty Rhodes and from Niall at Tech Central HQ. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. Get Tech Radio. Subscribe for free with iTunes or download on demand at techcentral.ie. Tech Radio is produced by digitalaudioproductions.com. Tech Central.